Welcome to episode 471 of the RV Podcast. And in this episode, we talk about storing your RV over the winter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RV Podcast. I'm Mike Wendland, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and on the mend bride, Jennifer. Gimpy. Yeah, um, you might want to explain uh, that uh, if she coughs a little bit, um, she's still recovering from uh, some health issues she had last week. And, and I got just a little bit of an annoying cough that won't leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> a few more days. <laughs> yeah, but it's getting better as she is. That was uh, We've talked about this before, so we don't have to keep uh, going, but we're delighted to have you back. It's a lot of work to do this podcast alone. Good for you. It is good for me. Speaking of the podcast, we should tell you that there are a number of ways you can consume this content. Uh, the first and the easiest way to do so is simply by um, listening to it on the RV Lifestyle channel where you there's a player right there and you can click it or you can watch the video version. Uh, you can certainly watch the video version on our YouTube channel. It streams there at youtube.com slash RV Lifestyle. And the audio version, of course, is available on all of your favorite podcast apps. So um, listen up and watch it. And uh, please make sure you uh, give it a, a thumbs up that you like the video and we would appreciate it. And the audio as well. Um, the guest in this episode of the podcast is uh, a friend of ours named Todd Henson, sometimes known as The Beard, and you'll find that out when you see Todd. Uh, he is from the National RV Training Academy. He's one of the top experts in uh, in uh, RV matters far and wide. And he's worth listening to because he just comes across. It shows he's such a nice, knowledgeable guy. He is, and he's going to talk about uh, what to do, how to keep your RV in good shape while it's being stored for the winter. I did like his uh, first stop, uh, and off camera he said the best uh, tip is to store it in Florida <laughs> where you can use it. But for those of you in colder climates, I think you'll find this a pretty uh, pretty handy episode. Uh, he'll share us some tips on everything from uh, keeping mice out of the RV to what do you do about your battery uh, while it's in storage and then making sure that your roof, uh, your tires, everything uh, aren't damaged over the uh, the winter months. So, And you can never hear this information too often. Yep. And uh, you'll meet Todd in just a few minutes. Also this week on the RV podcast, we're going to learn what RVers think is the best day to travel. We're going to hear about some bear problems in North Carolina, and we're going to learn about a very handy app for RVers, particularly now as a lot of you are planning your summer travel uh, arrangements. And this we've got a great app for you and a, a free deal on it. So we'll talk about that later on. So uh, if you think I'm doing a lot of talking, it's because I'm trying to ease and protect your voice. Because you do not want to listen to me. <laughs> But it's much better. It used to really be nasty. Yeah, yeah. You uh, were in the hospital actually two weeks ago, and it ended up for uh, uh, an unexpected hospital stay, uh, complications from a, uh, what was supposed to be a routine procedure. But uh, hospitals are never good places, <laughs> and it takes a while. So if you don't have peace about something, don't do it. <laughs> Somebody said, 
uh, and I don't know how true it is, but they said for every one day you're in the hospital, it takes you a week to recover from it. I could not believe simply not feeding myself for two days. I went to eat something and the spoon was kind of like everywhere, but except where my mouth was. Yeah. Well, that I really... love and believe in physical therapists. I mean, I, I figured out how to use a spoon again, but uh, we forget how quickly we lose our motor skills. We do. <laughs> like, <laughs> and there's going to probably be a lot of that, and uh, so I'll try and uh, do most of the heavy lifting. And I'm not going to say excuse me. I'm just. Gonna we talk. have a little secret. When she feels she can talk, you can't see uh, her uh, knee underneath. It kind of bumps me. I used to get all excited when that happened, but now I realize that means she's got something to say. So, uh, so anyway, uh, we'll we'll kind of go from there. Hey, one of the things that we are really excited about, and that we have had a lot of fun, is we have um, added a new platform to uh, all of the content that we stream for you. And this is a live stream that we're doing now on Amazon Live. And we are having so much fun. One of the things that we love to do are product reviews, and we have done a gazillion of them. Uh, and uh, uh, we are sharing on Amazon Live our favorite RV products, outdoor products, all sorts of things. In fact, we just did a big one last night on Amazon Live. You can still find it there. Uh, and uh, it'll be up for a long time on um, the best RV products that we have had and used this year. So check that out. That aired last night. But we want you to go over there and follow us. There's a little yellow um, button there that says follow. And please click that, follow us. Um, you go to amazon.com slash live slash RV lifestyle, amazon.com slash live slash RV lifestyle. And, uh, I'll put a link in the description below so you can find it. And also on the show notes for this episode, but please do us a big favor. If you follow us, that will tell Amazon live, Hey, these guys have some people that are interested in it and they'll help get our platform shown to more people. Um, we have so much gear <laughs> and so many products. Oh, you can never have too much gear. Yeah. Well, I don't know where we're going to store it all, but, but, uh, we love doing these reviews. We love to showcase new products and, uh, uh, uh please note, by the way, that we personally have, and, uh, we use all of the products that we recommend. Now, uh, if we show it, it's because we're confident in recommending it. So. Please do us a favor, uh, go over there and subscribe, and then we're going to try and do these uh, live streams there uh, once, uh, maybe even twice a week. Uh, uh, Amazon.com slash live slash RV lifestyle. Please do us a big favor and follow us there. And we should tell everybody on all of our platforms, whether you're watching us uh, on YouTube, please give it a thumbs up and make sure you are a subscriber there. And also um, on our podcast, if you would make sure you subscribe to the podcast. I had to do that self-serving pitch there, right? Yes, you do. Yes, we do. Uh, another place that you need to go to is our RV Lifestyle Facebook group. We have 250,000 members now. It's just amazing to us. And, and if you post something, you ask a question, you will get an answer. you get hundreds. Yeah, sometimes literally hundreds in just a short period of time. It's a great uh, a great resource for RVers, uh, whether you're planning a trip or have a question. And it's also fun to keep on uh, top of what everybody's talking about. Wendy Boyer is our community manager for our team of Facebook moderators and volunteers. And every week here in the podcast, she helps file a, a report on what uh, has been going on in the past week. So we call it the social 
Media Buzz. Hi, everybody. Robert recently asked the group, what's the best day of the week to travel? Now, there were some jokers out there who had to say, every day is a good day. I mean, we are an RV group, right? But there were some general themes I wanted to share with you. Many people said holidays are really good road days because there's less traffic out there. And some said it really depends on where you're going and that it's a good idea to know the market. If you're going, for instance, to Maine, where there's a big cottage industry, know what days people are arriving and leaving and then stay off the road in those days. And then many said Sunday, by far, was the best day to be on the road. There's just less traffic and that this is especially helpful in big cities. Next, I'd like to share a post from Linda. And Linda asked, what have you forgotten to put in your RV and later promised yourself you would never forget it again? A lot of people joined in on this one and had a bunch of fun. Some of the answers included Kaylee, who said she once forgot a fan in June. Uh, Linda forgot all of her towels. Uh, Cheryl forgot to pack her underwear. Vicki forgot a fly swatter. Karen forgot the dog food. Stephanie forgot a wine opener. And many, many, many people forgot a can opener. In fact, I think based on the answers to this question, if you don't have a can opener in your RV, you need to go put one in right now. Um, again, it was a fun question, probably about 550 responses since I last checked. And so Linda's gonna have a good list of things to not forget to pack. And then finally, the last thing I'd like to share with you is a post from Tanya. Now, Tanya recently gave her RV a facelift and she took a bunch of pictures and posted them on the group so people could see what she did. And by the looks of things, many, many people loved it. So we'll put the pictures with some links uh, in the show notes so those of you listening can click the links and see it. But Tanya um, had these really cute, fluffy, wooly-looking sheep footstools for her RV sofas in the family room area. Super unusual and loved them. Um, for her bathroom, she had these raised bowl-style sinks, and she had a double sink that a lot of people liked. It was very sharp. Her shower had a seat in it and really nice, crisp uh, shower doors. And then many people commented on her pantry. She took a picture of how she organized her spices. It was really easy to see. Everything was labeled, and that got a lot of responses. So in the end, there were about a 1,000 people who commented on uh, Tanya's post. I think she gave many people inspiration. And so that's why I wanted to share it with you in case it inspires any of you to um, give your RV a little facelift, too. And that's it for me this week. I'm Wendy Boyer, and I'll see you over at the RV Lifestyle Facebook group. You know, I think everybody had the same feeling that we did, that Saturday and Sundays are always the best day to I travel. I think actually Sunday, we've decided now, is the best day. Yeah. Holidays, you know, but who wants to travel on a holiday? But we have traveled many holidays, and that works well. But I think now Sunday's the best day. Earlier in the morning, the better. I, I, we've, for a long time, we used to travel on Christmas Eve and travel from Michigan down to Georgia to visit uh, our son and his family. And it was a pretty easy drive. There wasn't a lot of traffic. The thing was, there was no place to eat. You know, we stopped in one fast food place. I think it was in Columbus, Georgia, one Christmas Eve. And, they, you know, their staff called in sick. There were only a few people in there. And it was a mess. And they were out of everything, including hamburgers, I think. <laughs> I think they were out of the bonds. I don't know. It was, it was 
There was a lack of food. Yeah, but Saturdays and Sundays, we think, are the best days. Anyway, uh, if you're not a part of our uh, Facebook group, just go over to rvlifestyle.com slash Facebook and join the group and uh, be a part of um, a huge 250,000 member plus community. You know, it's growing about 1,000 every week, new members. Isn't that amazing? It is crazy. All right, when we come back now, it's time for the interview of the week, and you'll hear some great tips on what to do to keep your RV uh, in good shape while it's being stored for the winter. Stay with us. There is a new development coming on the market for RVers in Tennessee. It's built by the same company we bought our land from. We just went to look at it, and it is amazing. Mountaintop property, great views, big woods and trails close to the Buffalo River, like our property. Gorgeous countryside. It's only a few minutes from the Natchez Trace Parkway and an easy drive to Nashville. These are big properties, five acres and up, and the prices are great. There's even financing. We are really happy with our property. These guys do a great job. It's hard to find acreage where you can have an RV full-time, especially in popular destination spots. This is your property, your way. There's electric and high-speed fiber optic internet. No more crowded parks or reservations. You can stay as long as you want. Go to rvlands.net. That's rvlands.net. And now it's time for the RV interview of the week, and it's very timely. Yep, uh, particularly for those of you who are in colder climates, you have by now winterized your RVs. We did ours this week, both of them. And although we'll be using it every every month, um, we always do, um, but we'll, we'll de-winterize as soon as we get to, into a warm climate with them. But anyway, they're winterized now, and uh, they're sitting there, and they'll be sitting probably in one spot for, you know, through the holiday season. For many of you, your RV is in storage for months at a time. Well, how do you keep it in good shape? How do you make sure everything is uh, not uh, having issues while it's sitting there stored? And what kind of precautions should you take? Our guest is Todd the Beard Henson from the National RV Training Academy. And Todd is uh, a national expert on uh, maintaining your RV. He's got a great way of just presenting and teaching. We've had him on the show many times. And uh, this is a a conversation we had uh, um, back a while ago on uh, what to do about your RV as it's being stored. And he gives some great tips uh, and be sure to listen to the end of that as well, because Todd uh, has uh, is the author of a special course, or he's the lead instructor on a special course that you can get, a home study course. It's a great thing to get over the winter when you're not RVing, so you can get up to date on the maintenance that you can do and save yourself a lot of money. But for now, we're going to talk about uh, how to uh, make sure your RV's in good shape as you store it over the winter. Let's go over a lot of the considerations. I mean, we have a large investment sitting, you know, in the uh, cold weather. And the one thing we don't want to do is just simply just, you know, leave it out there. And uh, in all cases, you know, so let's look at some of the best preferences. So number one is, is if it's possible is to store it indoors, right? Store it indoors. The worst thing that we can do is leave this out in the field by itself. Okay. But I know that in some cases we've got no option. So how do we protect that investment? If you can't store it indoors, I would recommend storing it even outside of trees, okay? I know some people would say, well, if I sit it next to trees, 
The problem with that is, is that, you know, most trees, of course, they go into winterization mode as well. And that's when we get a lot of foliage that drops. Um, and then, of course, we get limbs that drop. And guys, most of our roofs are, are either some type of rubber membra uh, membrane or PVC membrane, and falling objects are not desirable. So I would recommend, you know, storing it in an open air uh, situation. Now, from there, what are some other things that we can do? Okay, now we know that these RVs, the tires are just sitting there. Um, there's a couple things that I want to look at. One is, of course, if you can roll them up on, you know, some wooden blocks, especially if it's going to be on concrete, go ahead and roll them up on wooden blocks. The second thing is, is that as the uh, air gets cooler and there's really not much going on, the tires can deflate. So I'm going to ask you to look at that, you know, every once in a while, because we've had several situations, even with FEMA, where we would store these uh, in course we had survivors living in them but the tires would you know begin to actually decrease their pressure right release the pressure however you want to say it right and the frame would frown and you know our, our survivors couldn't get out of the door because the frame was frowning so we want to make sure that we're keeping an eye on it so uh what we want to do is just uh, make sure that you know we're, we're checking on this every once in a while uh checking the pressure of our tires but also maintaining for uh, looking around for any signs of rodents uh, uh any other type of wild uh, uh animals because they're looking for a place that's warm right and they will chew their way in uh and get outside of the uh, uh cold weather now to me um because people ask this all the time how can we prevent you know mice and if I could come up with a surefire way, I would be a gazillionaire, I think. Um, we're on their property. We're on their turf, right? Most of us, we're on their turf. Um, the best that we can do is to, you know, do whatever we can to try and stop them. But, you know, all we can do is maybe limit what happens. Um, I have heard of lights. I've heard of putting soap down. Um, and while, some, you know, there is some... Um, I, I guess uh, good effects from that I've seen where it, it doesn't matter, right? So the best thing that we could do is keep our eyes on it and try and mitigate it as much as possible. Honestly, um, having a good uh, feral cat. Yeah, get a cat, and and there are so many different ways, and they all everybody has a theory. We'll put links to those uh, along with this in the show notes to this thing, uh, but checking right. it regularly. Uh, so we we have it stored. A, a big question that I get all the time is, uh, particularly those in really cold climates where they get a lot of snow, is yeah. should they put a cover over the RV? Right. I um, well, and to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, you know, I, I would like for it to be covered simply because um, UV damage. Right. If I have it covered, I don't get the UV damage that's going on top of that roof because now I've got something at least blocking it or blocking much of it. But I also know that that also causes, you know, some potential problems. We can get um, rain up under there. We can get not rain. I'm sorry. We can get air up under there if it's not set right. We get puddles because, um, of course, now we're putting a fabric up there. And sometimes when it rains, you know, it'll puddle. And now I've got water puddling. Whereas if I didn't have a cover, there wouldn't be a puddle factor, right? So while there's some benefits to it, there's also a lot of considerations. And, um, you know, having that puddle of water sitting up there, you know, it isn't terrible until it freezes. And now we've got a frozen block up there and it's just going to rip. 
um, that. So it, where, where one, we're saving something to, we, you know, there's just more consideration. So I'm going to say uh, on that as well, um, that is a preference uh, matter when it comes to that. I like the idea of not putting UV damage up there on the roof because that's where the most expensive parts are. Yeah. The the other thing that covers that I hear all the time is uh, people have had really bad experiences. They, they buy a, this cover, a good cover is expensive. You know, it's, it's, it's gotta be uh, uh, water resistant, but it also has to be breathable. And they're just buying right. these blue tarps at the big box stores. And that is, oh, no. yeah. So, so I, I I'm glad to hear yeah, you say not, that. I didn't imagine saying, that whenever you asked the question. Uh, I've been saying that you don't you don't need one, <laughs> but uh, that's good. Right. Uh, there's a big cover. No, no, yeah. They get mad at me when I say that, but I, I I'm glad to hear that. What about the uh, so so we get it on, on wooden block. We get this tires on wood if it's outside. Um, you know we're going in looking for mice damage and all of that stuff. What about the batteries? This is another one. Uh, should people triple yes. charge the batteries? Should they remove the batteries, uh, turn them off? Should they keep it plugged in if they have a hookup? What kind of things should they do when their RVs in storage those, are not being used? All those answers, all those answers were yes. <laughs> oh, good. That okay. was yeah. So a, a lead acid gel or AGM battery is going to self-discharge its voltage, roughly one volt every 30 days. So the best thing that we can do is keep it, you know, on charge. If you have access uh, to uh, run power out to your RV, the simplest thing you can do is just simply plug it in. It doesn't. It does. It doesn't have to be the full um, amperage. In other words, if you have a 50 amp RV, you don't have to plug it into 50 amps, providing that you don't turn anything else on, because the generator. I'm sorry, the uh, converter that we have or the battery charger in the RV is a maintenance or a maintainer, a battery maintainer. It's, sometimes called a trickle charge. So the best thing that we can do is keep those batteries charged up. The best way to explain it is, you know, whatever your favorite, you know, frozen drink is where you're, you're mixing your ice and your, your liquid of choice, adult beverage, whatever. Right. And then you add whatever, you know, flavoring you have, you stick it in a blender, right? So you get it all blended up. Well, it'll stay blended for a little bit but after a time when you turn that blender off things begin to separate and that's what's going on inside the batteries uh, because they have electrolytes in there kind of a salt if we don't use them the salt's going to basically stratify and sit down because we're not keeping it charged we're not keeping the blender on so if you have power to it yeah go ahead and connect it to power if you don't have power yes if you can remove the batteries bring it to your home location and put a, a battery maintainer, put it on a battery maintainer. That would be great. What, what um, about lithium batteries, lithium battery, any, they, they supposedly are maintenance free. Is that true? Yes, that is true. They have yeah. very little, uh, they have very little uh, electrolyte in them and they don't off gas. So they are maintenance free. There's not much we have to do. Hallelujah. Um, I know a lot of people will say, Hey, Todd, I do know that lithium, you know, the consideration is, of course, when it gets really cold. Well, when it gets really cold, we don't want to charge them. So lithium batteries, when we get right around the freezing point, that's when lithium batteries, the consideration is, is not to charge them heavily. So um, if you are winterizing and you don't have anything else on, even with a lithium battery, you can leave it there. 
um, in the RV with a small maintainer charge because it's going to drop it down to five amps anyway to charge it. So you're fine there. If you want to take those back to um, your uh, home, place of residence or whatnot, you can just simply set those and let them set. Um, most manufacturers say up to six months. You don't have to charge them back up. It's ideal to keep them on a charge, but lithium is a different chemistry altogether. You, you don't have to keep them on a charge. Then the question about uh, everybody seems to be getting solar panels. Uh, what concerns about those? What if snow can can they handle snow on top of them? They're obviously not going to be very effective in charging. But uh, do we have to right. do anything special with our with our solar panels when the RVs in storage? Oh, so most solar panels. Well, one, they're going to have a longer warranty on the solar panel than on your roof. <laughs> so your roof is supposedly ten years. Come on, uh, best at two. Um, but solar panels are good for about 25 years. Uh, depending on, you know, which ones you buy, they'll have even a rating for hail. And I tell you, I'd much rather have a, a hail damage to a solar panel than on my RV. Solar panels are a heck of a lot cheaper to replace. Um, they can handle snow, right? Um, definitely can handle snow. The consideration is, is when you um, come back to dewinterizers, you may want to get up there and clean them. They won't be very efficient. In other words, if it's a 200-watt panel that you have, and if it's all dirty, you may only see 60 or 70 watts. So we got to get up there and clean them just like you would, say, your um, windshield. Um, and really, one of the best things after you clean it, you know, just with regular Windex or whatnot, come back with some, you know, some, uh, what is that, Rain-X or something like that, where it gives a very thin film, um, wax film. So that way, when the water hits, it rolls off. Well, we have now winterized our RV. We now know what to do with it and keeping it in storage. Todd, uh, we want to give another pitch for the uh, course that you guys make. It's it's really one of the finest courses I've ever seen that teaches us all how to maintain our RVs. Now, I know a lot of people just go have their RVs winterized at a, at a dealer, and that's the easy way to do it. But um, as we wrap all this, uh, just the importance of people being able to do their own maintenance. Uh, would you yeah. just address that a little bit, that it's not that complicated. Even I can do some of it. <laughs> so talk about why we need to know that. Yeah. And I think what happens is we, we get deflated. We go in, you know, brand new, the RV lifestyle. We think, well, we've worked on homes. We've, we've done some stuff in the house. RV is not going to be that much different. And it's a lot of nuance, right? There's things that just don't operate the same as it does in the house. And because of those little nuances, a lot of us, you know, we just totally don't know what to do, you know, with the RV. And so, you know, having this course, our, you know, the course that we uh, put together was to help you past all of those nuances, because most of the stuff, once it's fully explained, you're like, I got this, you know, this is now not that hard. And that's, that's our whole goal is to make the RV lifestyle, you know, the RVers achieve what they're really, you know, what their goal is. And that's to, you know, go experience life, not to worry about why isn't this working or what do I need to do here? That's a lot of stress that you don't need. And it's not because, you know, you're not smart enough. It's just simply because it hasn't been explained to you. So that's what we're actually covering in that home study course. Well, we will, we will suggest that and put some links to it and uh, we'll have you back in a couple of months, we'll be having back uh, how to get our RV out of winterization and uh, how to uh, get it out of storage. So, Todd Henson, Great. thank you so much for making the time with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, now you know what comes next. 
as springtime comes, we're going to have to have them come back and tell us what you do to get her ready to take off again. Yep. Uh, so thanks to Todd. And again, check out that course. We'll put a link in the description below. Uh, it's a great course. Study guys. You can do it at your own pace and uh, do it over the winter when you're not using your RV. We really do need a couple feral cats. Yeah, the feral cats to keep away the, the mice. You think we can convince Bo of that? <laughs> yeah, Bo, uh, Bo's not a big fan of cats, but... Uh, well, he is. He's, he's the... Category of as squirrels, unfortunately. He's this... I love cats. Bo is a speciest. Yeah, he doesn't like the cat species, but... Maybe if we got a kitten. I think if he got a kitten, he might... You know, he'd know that's a baby. Anyway, right. oh, well. we'll have to solve that problem. Some of you, if you ever, if you have a dog that doesn't like cats and you've introduced it to a cat, how did that go? Tell us about it. Um, I'm sure you could Google it. <laughs> yeah. And if you've got a topic you would like us to do an interview with or somebody you think would has a great story about the RV lifestyle, be sure and contact us. Our email is mikeandjen at rvlifestyle.com. Coming up, the RV News of the Week and some stories about Problem bears in North Carolina. The one thing that can ruin a perfect RV trip is a bad mattress. And believe us, we know. Over the years, we've tried many and we have found them all wanting until now. Now, we sleep on the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. Quite simply, it's the best we've ever slept on. We chose a queen-size Aurora Luxe medium firm mattress that arrived tightly rolled in a box. All we did was put it on the bed, unroll it, and wait for it to recover from the compression. Then we put on the sheets and the bed covers and found we slept so well that we ordered another one for our home. That's how comfortable it is. Our sleep is now so luxurious and deep that we can't imagine using a different mattress. Shipping is free. If you're disappointed with the current mattress in your RV, you owe it to yourselves to try the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. Brooklyn Bedding sends out all of their RV mattresses from their own factory in Arizona. This means they're able to use premium materials at a reasonable price for you with no middleman bringing up the cost. Make sure to check out their Black Friday sale at the end of this month. It'll be their biggest deal of the year. Don't miss out on the best sleep of your life. Visit rvmattress.com slash rvlifestyle and hurry because once November's over, so are these incredible deals. But wait, there is more. There is a great Black Friday sale going on this month. Uh, check them out. Uh, just go to rvmattress.com slash rvlifestyle because uh, once November is over, these big savings are over too. So check it out. Uh, rvmattress.com slash rvlifestyle. And now for the lead story of the news of the week, we uh, find out about a bear who was having a bad day, I think, or maybe it was a bad night. <laughs> I don't know what time this happened, but a bear for some reason decided to light into, what was it, a travel trailer in North Carolina State Park, and the bear ripped the siding off the uh, off the RV at uh, Gorgeous State Park Campground in North Carolina. The bear just shredded the thing and it started pulling the insulation and everything off into the woods with him. Maybe he was going to, I bet he was going to line his cave with that in the winter, <laughs> keep it a little, maybe a little cushy to Good lay out and keep it warm. And fortunately, bear as well as the campers are fine, though <coughs> not 
clear if anybody was in that camper or not. I hope they weren't making s'mores or something. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. The story didn't say whether the people were in it at the time or whether they came back and found it. I suspect that was the case because it would be a pretty big story <laughs> if the people were in when the bear did it. But uh, they, uh, they've shut the campground down for a while. And uh, they're going to try and cool off that bear. They don't know why he was having a bad day. But, you know, it's a reminder in bear country, um, you know. Bear it, aware. Yeah, be bear aware. And even though it's starting to get cool, the, the bears don't all necessarily hibernate at the same time. And, you know, they don't really uh, get inactive until it is very, very cold out. Now, that bear should have had a full belly because he's had all summer and fall to gather food. I when you know. think of spring is when they're a bit aggressive. I think, like you say, he was having a bad day. <laughs> so did the people. I think he wanted the insulation. So did the people. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's a smarter bear than you think. Smarter than the average bear. Hey, 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 boo-boo. The only way kids would know that Yogi Bear thing is if they went to the Yogi Bear campground, because uh, I don't think the cartoons are on anymore. I don't know. Maybe they are. Probably not violent enough. <laughs> it's joking. <laughs> They are pretty violent, though. Remember? Yeah, they're always getting violent. shot and get out of cannon violent. and stuff. Yeah. Um, speaking of bears in North Carolina, uh, officials have had to close an eight-mile stretch of the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, they did this indefinitely because they had this issue with a very friendly young bear that wasn't afraid of people, and people were stopping and feeding this bear. Can can you believe it? It's dangerous to the tourists and the bear because bears that get acclimated to people become a, a public safety issue. And the bears normally have to get put down. Typically, they put them down. So they had multiple reports of people approaching this little baby bear near the Lane Pinnacle Overlook in the on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And they were picking it up and holding it and feeding it. Now, I don't know where the mama bear was. Uh, you know, maybe it's an orphan bear. I don't know. But they've now closed that stretch of road, and they hope that the young bear will kind of move on and uh, they won't have to take any further action. Uh, right now, uh, all the bears are super focused on eating as much as possible. So you're telling me our dog Bo must be part bear? <laughs> yeah, because he's very focused on eating too, isn't he? <laughs> Come to think of it, so are we. Our next story takes place in uh, Death Valley National Park, where two tourists from Switzerland caused a car accident when they slammed on their brakes because they spotted a tarantula. A tarantula. Now, those tarantulas out there can get pretty big, the size of a dinner plate. Well, maybe not quite that big, but so they so they saw and they slammed on their brakes. But unfortunately, there was a motorcyclist from Ca Canada who was obviously riding a little bit too close to their bumper. And uh, he slammed into them. Now, they were in a rented camper van, these tourists from, from Switzerland. Uh, and the Canadian motorcyclist had to be taken to a hospital. Uh, the tarantula, by the way, was fine. Um, rangers say, you know, hey, drive slowly, keep a safe distance. And remember that wildlife, even tarantulas, can pop out at any time. Our next story is a feel-good story about a grandson who surprised his grandfather by tracking down a 1950s-era travel trailer that was made by his grandfather. In fact, his grandfather was Harold Platt, and he is the son of the founder and the president of the Platt Trailer Company. Now, that family business built travel trailers from the 1930s 
till about the 1960s, and then they switched and they became basically an RV dealer in Indiana. But the grandson had been searching for a plat travel trailer, and he said for 15 to 20 years, uh, with the goal of giving it to his grandfather. Well, he found one near Spokane, Washington. His grandfather was obviously thrilled to see it, and this was a 1951 28-foot plat trailer home RV, and uh, it's going to be completely restored, and it is going to be given to the RVMH Hall of Fame in Elkhart, Indiana, uh, which is one of our favorite places. I mean, that is a very happy story. Yeah. Can you imagine that? So you can see, if you've never been to the RV Hall of Fame, uh, we'll put a link in our show notes to our, we've been there a couple of times, done the podcast from there. We even did a gathering from there at one point, uh, one of our gatherings. But uh, we, it's a, one of our favorite places, and we will put a link to it. And if you can't get there, look at our video, and then you'll want to go. All right, when we come back, we've got the app of the week and your questions of the week. Stay with us. Are you ready to embark on an unforgettable adventure in your RV? Our RV Lifestyle Travel Guide eBooks are your ultimate companions for exploring North America's most breathtaking destinations. They'll help you hit the road with confidence and make the most out of your RVing experience. We're Mike and Jennifer Wendland, and we are passionate explorers and the authors of an entire library of RV Travel Guide eBooks. We have meticulously put together detailed travel maps showing you the best routes, where to stay, what hidden gems to discover along the way. From the majestic Yellowstone National Park to the vibrant colors of Colorado, the awe-inspiring beauty of Utah, the enchanting deserts of Arizona, the tranquil Great Lakes region, the pristine wilderness of the Adirondacks, We've even done a captivating three-part guide to RV travel and camping in Florida. No matter where your wanderlust takes you, we've got you covered. Our curated list of must-see attractions ensures that you won't miss out on any unforgettable experiences. You want to witness the eruption of Old Faithful? We've got you covered. Craving an epic road trip through breathtaking landscapes? We've got the perfect route for you. Dreaming of beachside camping under the stars? We know the best spots. With our ebooks available for instant download at rvlifestyle.com books, you can have the knowledge you need right at your fingertips. Head over to rvlifestyle.com books and start exploring the wonders of North America today. Unforgettable adventures are waiting. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battleborne batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have, and they'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com lithium. 
rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Welcome back. And now it's time for the app of the week. And we got a really great one for you because you're going to be planning your spring trips and you're traveling and you need this app. Yeah. Uh, a lot of you have heard of this, uh, have heard of the dirt D-Y-R-T. That's a great free app that uh, really is awesome, has all sorts of campgrounds. But what we want to talk about is the Dirt Pro. Now, that is a premium app. It basically costs you 36 bucks a year. But we think it is worth it. Yet, uh, the reason we're talking about it now is because we can get it to you free for a month, which should be enough to plan a couple of your big trips. You get my drift, you can go pick it up and, and I think you'll want to keep it and, and actually end up buying it because, but, but for a month you can use it for free. We have a special link that you got to do to get this thing and you go to pro.thedirt.com slash RV lifestyle. I'll put it uh, in the description uh, below when you can find it, uh, find it there. But you need to try this app out because it offers all sorts of very powerful trip planning tools. It lists thousands and thousands of campgrounds. In fact, the last count, I think is 50,000 plus, uh, more all the time being added. I mean, that is a lot of campgrounds. And uh, you can then use it to define a route. You can talk about whether what you want, whether you want a boondock, whether you want full hookups, uh, whether you need uh, you know, a doggy area, whatever it is. If you want to list how far you want to drive a day, this really will help you come up with an app. And you can, with a map, and then you can download that from the app and you can use it at any time you want. You can also save up to 40% at, I think they've got over a thousand campgrounds that offer these, these discounts. Uh, it lists more than 5,000 boondocking spots, free places where you can camp. Uh, and then it has 19,000 places where you can find overnight uh, camping and dump stations and water fill-ups and stuff like that. Uh, our favorite feature is uh, you can get reservations at sold out campgrounds. Now, again, you can try this thing for free. It's a premium app, 36 bucks, but uh, try it out for free. Use our special link, uh, pro.thedirt.com slash RV lifestyle. And uh, again, we'll put that link in the description below. So that's our app of the week. If you've got an app you think we should check out, just send it to us, Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. All right, the question of the week. Okay, the question of the week has to do with tire pressure. Yeah, and I'm not going to have you read it all because you'll cough. <laughs> um, you can kind of point like Vanna White does. You know, in sign language. Yeah, sign language, yeah. Um, this uh, comes from Peggy, and she says that they have a bumper pull travel trailer, and she notes that the pressure is 90 PSI. Uh, that's the cold pressure reading, you know, there's a little sticker on your RV that says what you should inflate the tires to. Um, she says, quote, I have tried reaching out the manufacturer. I've looked online, can't find the answer to my question. We set the tires at 90 PSI when cold. As we drive, of course, the tires warm up and the PSI reading I get on my tire pressure monitoring system increases. What's the maximum it can go without me having to worry? Is that something I should be concerned about if it uh, just goes uh, uh, higher than the uh, 90 PSI? I'm kind of obsessed and I stress about what the TM TPMS is telling me because I can't get a good answer as to what it should be setting. Any thoughts would be helpful. Thank you so much. 
I, I can see where that's kind of confusing. Yeah, and the thing to remember is the recommended pressure is always for cold tires. Yeah, so or before you start driving. Before you start driving, and uh, yes, it is normal that the pressure will increase as you drive and the tires, uh, in, you know, warm up. Um, and we have found two to six pounds or so as, as that's what they'll be. So if it's set at 90, we may see one of the tires or both of them, all of them reading 94, 96. They might have little differences between them, uh, but that's normal. In fact, the tires are engineered that way. It is the cold rating that you should inflate to. Um, and uh, it's not going to, it's not going to hurt if it goes that much more. Now, I say all that with the caveat that before you embark on any RV trip, you should always do a visual inspection of your tires. Make sure they're not wearing, you know, uh, in a in an improper way or something. So always inspect them. And if they're showing unusual wear, um, take it to a, a tire or have a mobile RV tech come and look it over. But uh, perfectly normal that it goes up and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to keep your eyes glued. Uh, if there's something really wrong, your TPMS system tire pressure monitoring system, it will uh, it will give you an alert and a warning. So good question. You got a question for us? We'd love to get it. Just email us, Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. And uh, you did pretty good. You only had pretty a good. few coughing episodes. I'm going to go have some chicken noodle soup. That always makes you feel better. Uh, I'm glad to have you back. It's good to be back. Yeah. Hopefully next week there'll be no coughing. And Megan, next week I, I'll just let you do the whole thing. There you go. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you so much for watching. Uh, have a great uh, rest of the week. Happy trails.